Hi, this is John Moore, and this is the podcast for Thursday, October 13th. For more in the morning from News Talk 1010 AM in Toronto. From the minute you get up, we'll keep you up to the minute with Toronto's breaking news, traffic and weather. It's more in the morning. News Talk 1010. Jim Richards is here for the morning brief. Nice to see you bright and early, sir. Good morning, John. You came in on your bicycle? I did come in bright and early on my bike this morning. Was it raining? Nope, no rain uh, where I was coming from. All right, no. good to know. So you're... Didn't look like it did rain either overnight. Well, it did. my car was, was wet. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this city's full of microclimates. Yeah. So let's listen in. I mean, it's almost uh, astonishing how much has changed even in the last 12 hours when it comes to Donald Trump. But his assertion that he was just kidding around in the famous tape with Billy Bush and that he respects women more than anybody else set off alarm bells for at least six women who have now come forward to accuse him. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the <laughs> You brag that you have sexually assaulted women. Do you understand that? No, I didn't say that at all. I don't think you understood what was said. This was locker room talk. Uh, I'm not proud of it. I apologize to my family. I apologize to the American people. Certainly, I'm not proud of it. I hesitate to use this expression, but I'm going to. And that is, he was like an octopus. It was like he had six arms. He was all over the place. He just came strolling right in. There was no second to put a robe on or any sort of clothing or anything. Um, Some girls were topless, other girls were naked. Who do you complain to? He owns the pageant. (laughs) So there's no one to complain to. Everyone there works for him. Two new voices in there, of course, Jim. One of them, Jessica Leeds, a very dignified 74-year-old retired Mm. veteran businesswoman who got groped, she says, by Trump on a plane. And then Tasha Dixon, who's a former Miss Arizona, saying that uh, when all the girls were getting changed, he just walked in the room. It's like, hey, here comes Trumpy. (laughs) Does this surprise anybody? I mean, this guy has been married three times with five different kids. If that was Barack Obama, could you imagine what people would say about him? I don't know that this shocks me. And you were talking earlier about how adamant and all the conspiracy theories that many of the -the die-in-the-wool Trump supporters have. I don't think that you can scare anybody off of Donald Trump. If you're on to Donald Trump, I don't think that you can say anything at this point to get people off. I think what's really interesting, though, is that this means that nobody's talking about Hillary Clinton. And I know that Hillary Clinton is a whole different thing and people don't necessarily talk about her. But I just wonder if this was uh, Paul Ryan or if it was Mitt Romney this time around, if the focus on some of Hillary Clinton's problems that she does actually have as a candidate would be a little more magnified and the Republicans might actually have a legitimate shot because I know you were talking about conspiracy theories earlier, but I do kind of have one that I think that Billy Bush Trump tape came out the same day as the WikiLeaks WikiLeaks thing came out. Yeah. Well, you know, campaigns do that. Let it never be forgotten with the whole Rob Ford uh, when he was running for mayor. And they had that story on the front page of the Toronto Sun that he'd been busted for DUI and pot was found on him in Florida. That story came to the Ford campaign and the Ford campaign deliberately planted it with the Sun in order not to have it appear, you know, with less charitable exposure in, say, 
you know, the star. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, campaigns manage this kind of stuff. And the idea that, oh, she's yeah. she's nefarious for having, what, used a tactic to yeah. get elected? Here, here's the other thing about Donald Trump, though. I mean, everybody says this is going to derail him. It, what is, it gets him off talking about what? Calling Mexicans rapists <laughs> and building ridiculous walls and, you know, marginalizing all Muslims. So, it's, oh, it gets him talking off of his uh, talking points. What were his talking points in the first place? Let's take a little break, but in a second, uh, got to ask you about last night's hockey game because you're uh, way better on sports than I am. And uh, also, I want to play an audio clip for you, Jim, because uh, Gord Downey sat down for an interview with Peter Mansbridge that airs tonight, but we have a clip and it's devastating to listen to. There's a brand new way to listen to News Talk 1010, the iHeartRadio app for your mobile and tablet. It's available as a preview right now. Download it for free today and enjoy News Talk 1010 anytime, anywhere. This is more in the morning. News Talk 1010. If you're facing traffic problems this morning, I mean, worse than usual, Lisa Morales is going to sort them all out just minutes from now. But we do have some hot spots. One of them, literally, it was a fish truck that caught fire. Uh, Jim Richards is here on the morning brief, and Jim, never have I seen so many Leafs fans happy about losing. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't think that half of them who were watching last night even knew that we uh, lost, but uh, the prodigy is here, and he's on pace for 328 goals, John, over 82 games. So Austin Matthews, what a shocking uh, display last night, a brilliant display, four goals, and what was really neat about the coverage, I heard you talk about it earlier, was cutting just... cutting to his mom. Yeah, cutting to his mom and his dad and how happy they were in the stands. It was really something to watch. Um, Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip, as everybody knows, suffering from a terminal... Uh, brain tumor, and he did an interview with Peter Mansbridge in which he talked about the fact that he's having more and more trouble remembering things. You've gone through a couple of surgeries, mm -hmm. radiation, mm -hmm. chemo, mm -hmm. constant MRIs. Mm -hmm. How are you dealing with that? Well, you just remembered all of it better than I did. Um, my memories, which used to be my forte, and now I can't remember hardly anything I have. I have Peter written on my hand. I have things written, a few things written on my hands. Um, and I'd say that just to be upfront, because I might call you Doug. It's just because this is happening. Bugs me a bit, but. Well, more than bugs you, it, that's the impact it has. Oh, we've known each other for 25 years. You've known your kids all your life, and mm -hmm. you sometimes have to fight to remember their names. Yep. Super drag. Beyond super drag. I mean, I guess, Jim, the most frightening thing about any disorder of the brain is it's not just about memory. It's, yeah. it's about who you are. And especially him, you know, a man that's, you know, so prolific with his words and uh, who has kind of led us all through a generation, I think, for many Canadians, perhaps our age. And it's interesting because I recently was online seeing a couple of old interviews that he would had done with people like Peter Mansbridge, and he talks about going through cancer with his wife because his wife had recently, over the past couple of years, had a, a battle with breast cancer. And so to hear him kind of live through her cancer and now live through his, not many of the, us have to face that sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's pretty heartbreaking stuff. That interview airs tonight on the CBC. 6.57 is the time. 13 degrees and raining in some spots. A lot of people talking about police chases and what they can sometimes lead to and why, for example, there's video of a bunch of motorcyclists going crazy and there's a police car in the video and he's not doing anything about it. Chris Lewis is our public safety analyst and joins us. Hi, Chris Lewis. 
Good morning, John. So what are the circumstances under which police will chase? Well, it's always a difficult decision, chase or not to chase. But they have to consider a pile of things at the outset and then throughout, because it could change as the, as the chase you know, goes into different areas that are more built up or there's more traffic or pedestrians, et cetera. But traffic conditions, the number of pedestrians on the street, you know, the built-up area versus a rural area, the weather, driver ability. If it's a 12-year-old kid driving a Ferrari, you know, what's the point? You're just going to have somebody killed. What was the offense committed? Of course, is always important. Was it just uh, you know, a traffic violation, or is it a known murderer, for example? Uh, and can the driver be identified and get them later on? But you know, all those things can change as the, as the chase goes on. So the comm center sergeants always have to be monitoring it, and they have the final say as to whether or not to call it off. So these not these aren't the sort of Yahoo old days where cops relished a good chase. No, I mean, it, the cop could be the one getting killed. We, I think we probably had more cops killed in traffic uh, collisions, including in chases, uh, over the years uh, as we have gunfire, uh, probably a lot more. Um, so it's always difficult, but you always, there's always that niggling feeling, what else is going on that we don't know? Uh, you know, we've had cases, and yes, they're fairly isolated, but certainly we've had cases where a cop tried to stop someone for speeding and he had a kid in the car he kidnapped. No one even knew he was kidnapped yet. Uh, or uh, a case in Northumberland in the last year where uh, uh, cops chased a guy, and when they stopped him, he, he said, oh, you got me, I killed my dad. They didn't even know there was a murder yet, and he just killed his father. So, you know, at what point do you say, well, it's only a traffic violation? But if you think people are going to get killed, like you're going into a built-up area at noon in Toronto, I mean, you just have to call the chase up. And, and otherwise people are going to get killed, and, and it's a no-win situation. And quickly, Chris Lewis, because a lot of people have seen this videotape, I imagine you have as well, of uh, stunt people, people pulling stunts on motorcycles right beside a Toronto police vehicle, and apparently with hidden license plates. I mean, so what's going on there? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, somebody knows what's going on there, and, and they should come forward before one of these people gets killed or some cop or innocent citizen gets killed. But it's tough to chase those motorcycles. There's no way a cop car can keep up with them. They can, you know, jet, uh, go in and out of traffic between vehicles, and that's a real dangerous situation. One of them is going to get killed eventually, whether it's through a chase or just through their own stupidity. Chris Lewis, thank you very much. Anytime, John. All the best. Thank you. The Roundtable, brought to you by The Simple Investor, making the world of real estate investment simple. The Free-For-All Roundtable, round one. On round one today, Mark Tuohy is here, former chief of staff to the mayor of Toronto, Ed Keenan, from the Toronto Star, Christy Blatchford. You hear her on roundtables here on News Talk 1010, morning and afternoon. You can read her in the National Post. And Shelley Carroll is here, city councillor. Nice to have everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And Shelley Carroll, I know you were going to make the announcement here on Moore... <laughs> In the AM, but yeah, somebody, Twitter got the uh, jump on you. Somebody found out that you're going to run for the provincial Liberals. Um, you really want to sit on the opposition benches? <laughs> oh, <as laughs> that if. may not be the case. That may not be the case. Uh, 2018 is a little ways away. It is. It is. Christy, you you still think that Kathleen Wynne can figure a way to pull it out of the fire? Absolutely, I do. Um, and I also think Shelley has good instincts. So if if she's joining them, that's because she thinks they're going to win too. And I don't mean that's her reason, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, Sorry to talk you about you like you weren't here. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. Yeah. Well, Mark Tui, you've run political campaigns. Um, I mean, if you were advising the Liberals, or would you? Well, you wouldn't, would you? I I never say never. Depends how big the check. Does the is. check clear? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, 
there's, you know, I have an enormous amount of respect for Premier Wynne as a politician. She's very good at it. She, you know, has set this thing up well. I don't like a lot of her policies, uh, absolutely, but she's a brilliant politician, and uh, I wouldn't put anything past her. These conservatives that want to sit on their hands, figuring that this is just going to come rolling into their laps, are going to find it to be a tough fight. Listen, let's move to the American election. And people keep on texting me and saying, why don't you talk more about Hillary? Listen, here in Canada, the stakes are not as high. It's a show. So we cover it as a show. And Donald Trump is the star of the show. And if we sat and parsed through all the WikiLeaks with Hillary, maybe that's important if you're casting a vote. If you're not casting a vote, not half as interesting as this. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab him by the... Nobody has more respect for women than I do. It was a real shock when all of a sudden his hands were all over Nobody me. has more respect for women than I do. He was like an octopus. It was like he had six arms. He was all over the place. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. He just came strolling right in. There was no second to put a robe on or any sort of clothing or anything. Um, some girls were topless, other girls were naked. Who do you complain to? He owns the pageant. <laughs> so there's no one to complain to. Everyone there works for him. That's just uh, some of the voices of women who have now stepped forward to accuse Donald Trump of everything from forcefully kissing them to groping them on a plane. Uh, We're up to about five or six. It's hard to keep track. Ed, let me start with you. A lot of people are saying, well, why are they talking now? It's a lot like the Gameshi case. It's because Donald Trump said on television, I don't behave like that. And so women who say he does are saying, whoa. Yeah, and and I think there was seven yesterday allegations of, of... impropriety and and i i think this is what happens in the newspaper business a lot and and a lot of people don't understand this is like if you somebody said it it uh, this election started off reminding us a little bit eerily of rob ford and now suddenly it's reminding us of gomeshi Uh, but in both of those cases what happens is that you report somebody something or the candidate says something and then it's out there in the news and there's this topic of debate did he just say this thing or does he have a history of kissing people without their permission, groping them, grabbing them. And then the people who, who say that that would happen to them say, wait, I have to get involved in this conversation because it involves me now all of a sudden. And he's denying he did that kind of stuff. And so then you have waves of them. And I don't think it's, it's any coincidence that it's like three days after that debate because what happens is people have conversation with their family and friends. They phone the newspaper The newspaper starts phoning around to try and check out their story to the extent that they can, calling corroborating witnesses. Did this person call you right after? Uh, Double checking that, you know, the circumstances would line up uh, to try and validate this. And then and then they come out on. I saw uh, Josh Barrow on Twitter saying that he's a writer for Bloomberg, uh, saying that he thought the over under on allegations like this before the election would be 120. And and certainly the. They started racking right up. Yeah, Christy Blatchford, uh, when I interviewed uh, Kevin Donovan about his new book, and of course, Gomeshi plays a role in your book as well, but he's written a book about Gomeshi. He talks about how he couldn't put out a billboard saying, yo, anybody out there who's been touched or molested or attacked by Jeanne Gomeshi, please call me. But once people started coming forward, his phone was ringing. Sure. Essentially, the the newspaper is your billboard. I mean, once you write one story, uh, if there is this kind of... Uh, you know, collective group out there, members will, people will start to call you. So uh, yeah, it's not, it's not surprising how it happens. It's not, I don't think anybody uh, is surprised that it happened. I think it is an awful reflection, not obviously mostly on uh, Trump, but 
also on you know how power can um, corrupt people uh, to the to the degree that you know I, I mean slug the guy if he does this I mean so what if he's powerful I, I don't mean the the beauty uh, contestants because the the woman you quote was quite right I mean he owned the pageant and he strolled about it like he owned it but I mean good grief uh, you know you, you don't you're not entitled to behave like a pig because you're rich and people should have should call these guys on it. It's going to be fascinating to see how Donald Trump handles this. Robert Turner, load up that clip of the woman who, this is a Trump spokesperson trying to say that the uh, woman, Jessica Leeds, who's now retired, 74 years old, she says it happened in the 80s on a flight. She says that she was seated in first class and Donald Trump raised the armrest and then started to grope her. And she moved. Aha, here we go. So uh, here's what a Trump surrogate says. Guess what? (laughs) First class seats have fixed armrests. So what I can tell you about her story, if she was okay. roped on a plane, oh, it wasn't we'll by Donald our, Trump. We'll get our aviation expert. We'll get our aviation expert here uh, to talk how about can the it airplanes. Happen? Explain how that happens. There are fixed seats on first class. Oh. All right, Shelly Carroll, you're making the mind blowing blown gesture. Oh my God! Was this surrogate in particular? She's one of my faves on CNN. Was she even born when this took place? We're talking about a 70 year old, 74 year old woman in business who was sitting in first class in the early 80s. How do you know the configuration of the plane? But what is so compelling about Miss Leeds is even if you look in the media, there's a picture of her in that era. This is a pretty together woman, divorced albeit, but but a, a woman in business, which was surprisingly rare yeah. in those well, days. Well, what's kind of depressing is she says, yeah, I was used to this kind of treatment. And 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 life was like that. And and <clears throat> Uh, They come forward in numbers because in those days and really still to this day, coming forward is a really scary thing. You can be halfway through being violated before you sort of come to your senses and realize I'm being violated. And then getting out of it is your first concern. Reporting it is a very big, daunting move. And so what happens is you come forward because one brave person, this great 74-year-old, has made it more possible for okay. you to speak as well. Last word, because it is a foreign country. Uh, yeah, it's it's nasty, and I hope that the accusations and the allegations are taken seriously. I hope uh, they're investigated by whatever agencies can at this point in time. And I hope they are treated seriously, as I would have hoped other allegations with Bill Clinton and what his wife, who is now running to be president, uh, did to defend him by trashing women who brought forward allegations like this contemporaneously at the time. And the smoking gun is not the armrest. It's the octopus. Octopuses have eight legs. Ha-ha! <laughs> Not right. six. Let's keep moving here. Um, e-health audit apparently is going to come out, and it's going to be trouble for the provincial liberals. And so they're scrambling around, including the poss- possibility of apparently selling e-health uh, and going private. Uh, Mark, I'll actually start with you on this one. Um, this is just this, the, the problem that never goes away. Well, e-health, yes. Another gift from uh, our good friend George Smitherman. Uh, it just keeps adding up and adding up and adding up. He's, uh, like, anyway. Uh, the, it, it's interesting to see what they do this. There is definitely all sorts of stuff that has value in any organization that collects data about people and their habits and their, their needs. And so the story that came out yesterday about this with regard to, you know, sizing up the value of the database, that's probably more troubling than the idea that they might sell the infrastructure be- Nobody's going to buy the computers anyway. They don't have much value. But uh, I think the they're scrambling around looking for ways to 
to meet the obligations that they've made because they just can't stop spending. But, okay. Okay. But that's okay. that's not actually that's not actually what what is going on here. Uh, the minister has been very clear about this. The contract is is due in 2017 that is managing this system right now. It's not unusual, and and I'm not speaking talking points here now. I'm still on the outside looking in. But what the article tells us, what the minister tells us, is this is evaluation leading up to a contract renewal. That's not unusual even at the city. Uh, but secondly, he's been very clear. Uh, not to not to uh, uh, bind this together with the audit. When an AG is auditing a division, you're, the, the the information is not unknown to you. They they live give management the details, right. let them respond, etc. The timing of all he this knows is a little what's suspect. in the audit, and he's he's said this is not about selling it. This is about valuating it before contract renewals begin in early 2017. Well, but the other thing is too, if you know the audited generous report is coming, you might and you know that it's going to say it costs X amount, you might be doing a little valuation on it to try and say, and see, that's yeah. what it's worth. Well, maybe just smart politics, but let's face it, all politicians are tacticians. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on breaking news in the last few minutes? Bob Dylan has won the Nobel Prize for Literature. Um, wow. Wow. We're so American <laughs> today. <laughs> well, that's, that's international, I mean, the Nobel it? Prize yeah. is... is I, th I think it's, a, it's an interesting choice, uh, unexpected, but I... It, it feels right somehow to me, or it feels appropriate anyway. I'm I'm a big Bob Dylan fan, so maybe I'm compromised. But maybe if but any songwriter other than say Leonard Cohen, if any songwriter of the last forty years is is considered a poet or a, or their music feels like literature, yeah. maybe Bob Dylan's hit. Well, to mention Leonard Cohen, he told New Yorker magazine in an article published today, "I'm ready to die. I hope it's not too uncomfortable. That's about it for me." So, Captain of of Mirth and that, uh, that and Bob uplift. Dylan or Leonard Cohen? That's Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's nice that uh, um, Bob Dylan may have been won or nominated. He's won. He won. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Um, that's great. But I am amused somewhat, too, because if ever anybody wrote the same song for 40 <laughs> years, it's that guy. I remember a friend of mine who is a big Bob Dylan fan wrote uh, in some little review he was doing that, uh, you know, he was remarking upon how much Dylan had grown. And I remembered listening to the songs from that day to the first songs, and they sounded exactly the same to my ear. So. I'm 52, and all I know about Bob Dylan is he's a guy that used to write songs when I was a kid that old people listened to. Even back then, yes. Yeah. Hey, he's one of those those artists that it, 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 you frustratingly try and explain to your grandchildren. There would be no Beatles without Bob Dylan. There would be no this. There would be no... Without that he is he is the quintessential person yeah. that you that you have to to offer up that equation but mark's right uh generations now have no appreciation for it because it's it's just sort of understood that the world changed uh when bob dylan picked up an electric guitar i just love that you don't have to be an obscurantist writing about talking lions to win a nobel prize that's the podcast thanks a lot for listening i hope we'll talk again soon